the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 106 and it's Thursday and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. This portion of the program, you know, I uh, highly recommend you stop by and see our friends at K's. They are uh, just terrific. And folks, they, you know, if there's one place that really stepped up during the course of the pandemic, I think that, you know, immediately jumped in and went just above and beyond. Uh, David, they did such a um, fantastic job with adjusting with the igloos outside and and uh, delivery and making sure that you know, they just helped so many people during the course of what was a very, very challenging year. So remember, uh, pop in and see them. And the food is always delicious. Uh, stop it and see our friends at K's right there on Cass Avenue across from CVS. And the food, they are waiting for you at K's. Folks, I want to, um, again, also uh, direct you to the website. Someone asked me about, um, you want to make sure you're secure. You want to make sure your family is secure. You want to make sure you can log on an all-state lock. Experts in locking systems, building security, residential, commercial, uh, but especially security cameras. Call Allstate Lock today, 401-349-0042, 401-349-0042, or uh, online at allstatelock.com. Someone who I think um, summed up, the, the allegations against Dr. Fauci are very, very serious. And folks, I think one of the most serious allegations against Dr. Fauci is this business that they were, let's be honest, they were shutting down the fact that the virus came out of a lab and that it escaped from a lab. So I, I, I think just the fact that he is, in fact, needed to answer more questions about that. If someone just sent me an email, you know, Lives could have been lost, uh, saved, excuse me, if that if he had acted a little bit more. And and not so, you know, this was something that came out in the very beginning. And they kind of shut it down. And you realize there was no reason to shut it down. So I want to just play, I thought that um, Tucker Carlson was pretty rough on Dr. Fauci last night. But I, I think it's worth listening to. It's not that long. But this was uh, Tucker Carlson. Just let's hear some of his um, expose last night. So we assume the man in charge of protecting the U.S. from COVID must be rational and impressive. We also assumed he must be honest. But we were wrong. It soon became clear that Tony Fauci was just another sleazy federal bureaucrat, deeply political and often dishonest. More shocking than that, we then learned that Fauci himself was implicated in the very pandemic he'd been charged with fighting. Fauci supported the grotesque and dangerous experiments that appeared to have made COVID possible. We came to these conclusions incrementally, spurred by evidence that accumulated over the course of a year. Tonight, we have the mother load. Thanks to a freedom of information request from BuzzFeed, we have thousands of emails to and from Anthony Fauci. They go back to the early winter of 2020. Collectively, they show that from the beginning, Tony Fauci was worried that the public might conclude COVID had originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, why would Tony Fauci be concerned that Americans would conclude that? Possibly because Tony Fauci knew perfectly well that he had funded gain-of-function experiments at that very same laboratory. The emails prove that Fauci lied about this under oath. Consider this exchange, which began the evening of January 31st, 2020. It was a Friday just before midnight. The first email came from an immunologist called Christian Anderson, who works at the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla, California. Anderson warned Fauci that COVID appeared to have been possibly manipulated in a laboratory. Quote, the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome, less than 0.1%. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. The next day, on February 1st, Tony Fauci wrote back, thanks, Christian. Talk soon on the call. 
Fauci then sent an urgent email to his deputy, a man called Hugh Auchincloss. The subject of that email, in all caps, was important. Quote, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this AM. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward. You will have tasks today that must be done. Attached to that email was a document. It was entitled, quote, Barrick Chi et al., Nature Medicine, SARS Gain of Function, PDF. Now, the Barrick in the attachment referred to Ralph Barrick, a virologist based in the U.S., who collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Barrick worked with a woman called Dr. Shi Shen Li, known as the Bat Lady, because she manipulates coronaviruses that infect bats. She was the she in the attachment. Now, keep in mind that during the questioning from Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky fairly recently, Tony Fauci denied that this same Ralph Barak had conducted gain-of-function research. Again, this is the Ralph Barak in Fauci's attachment, which was entitled Barak, she et al., SARS gain-of-function, dot PDF. And yet, under oath before the United States Congress, Fauci denied this. Dr. Barrett does not do gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. And if you look at the grant, and you look at the progress reports, it is not gain-of-function, despite the fact that people tweet that. Oh, it was just on Twitter. It was in Fauci's own emails. In retrospect, that looks a lot like perjury. We do know that starting early last year, a lot of people at NIH were worried that COVID had not occurred naturally. They were concerned it had been instead manipulated in a lab in China. And yet they seemed determined to hide those facts from the public. Again, why? On the afternoon of February 1st last year, Fauci held a conference call with several top virologists. Most of the details of that call remained hidden from public view. They've been redacted. We know the call was related to a document entitled Coronavirus Sequence Comparison. Jeremy Farrar, a British physician who runs a major research nonprofit, reminded everyone on the call that what they said was top secret. Quote, information and discussion is shared in total confidence and not to be shared until agreement on next steps, end quote. In other emails, Jeremy Farrar passed along an article from the website Zero Hedge. That piece suggested the coronavirus might have been created as a bioweapon. We now know that is a more plausible explanation than the one we believed at first and were told by the media, which is that corona came from a pangolin. And yet for the crime of saying that out loud, a more plausible explanation, Zero Hedge was banned from social media platforms. Until recently, you were not allowed to suggest that COVID might be man-made. Why couldn't you suggest that? The fact checkers wouldn't allow it. Why wouldn't they? Because Tony Fauci assured the tech monopolies that the coronavirus could not have been man-made. And so the tech monopolies shut down the topic. Watch Fauci lie. A group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists look at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve. And the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. That was April 17th, 2020, very shortly into the course of this pandemic. At that point, what Tony Fauci just asserted as known could not conclusively have been known. That was a lie. Tony Fauci suggested that he knew because top researchers had decided conclusively that this must have jumped naturally from an animal to a human being. But again, at that point, he could not have known that. That was dishonest. Two days after he said that, one of the virologists that Tony Fauci had funded to conduct dangerous coronavirus experiments in Wuhan wrote to thank him for the help. That man, a man called Peter Daszak, complained to Fauci that the American tax dollars he'd taken for these experiments were being, quote, publicly targeted by Fox News reporters. Yet Daszak remained grateful for Tony Fauci's support. Quote, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators, end quote. Now, strangely, most of this specific email from Daszak to Fauci has been redacted, and it was redacted under FOIA section B7A. That specific exemption to the FOIA law applies to, quote, records or information compiled for law enforcement purposes, but only to the extent that production of those documents could reasonably be expected to interfere with enforcement proceedings. 
Are Peter Daszak and Tony Fauci under criminal investigation? We can only hope they are. They certainly deserve it. At this point, we can't say for sure. We do know that Fauci hasn't simply lied about the origins of COVID, pretending to know things he could not know. He has also lied about vaccines in key ways. In March of last year, former Obama official Zeke Emanuel wrote to Fauci to ask a very simple question, one that we've asked countless times. Are people who have recovered from COVID generally immune from getting infected with COVID once again? That applies to about 100 million Americans, so it's not a small question. Fauci's response, quote, no evidence in this regard, but you would assume that there would be substantial immunity post-infection. Well, yes, you would assume that. We always have. And in fact, studies now show it is true. People who have had COVID and recovered almost never get sick again from COVID. So they don't need to be vaccinated. Yet to this day, Tony Fauci has never admitted that in public. In his email to Zeke Emanuel, he admitted something else that's also now obvious. Surgical masks, the paper kind all of us wear, don't really work. They offer very little protection from COVID. In fact, at least one study shows they may accelerate transmission of viruses. They are, in short, a form of make-believe. Yet once again, while under oath in public, Tony Fauci claimed precisely the opposite. You're telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity, and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine or have had the infection? Infection are spreading the infection. If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not a vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I totally disagree with you. Rand Paul is a physician. He's smart. What he just said was true, and the science shows that it's true. There's not much debate about it, actually, among honest people. But Tony Fauci claimed it wasn't true. He lied. Why would he do that? Well, here's one reason. The emails show that Tony Fauci speaks regularly to Bill Gates. That's odd. Bill Gates is not a doctor. Bill Gates is not a scientist. Bill Gates is a very rich man who made billions making mediocre software for office computers. So why would Tony Fauci be in such regular contact with Bill Gates? The term Bill Gates comes up more than two dozen times when you search the Fauci emails. Has Bill Gates profited in any way from Tony Fauci's COVID guidance? So that was Tucker last night. And again, folks, I um, good afternoon. I know it was long, but the way it is put together, um, I mean, to me, that is just like a complete takedown. Absolutely a complete takedown. Um the whole way that this thing has been handled, the pandemic, and people that you do trust and put faith in. And I think it really started when they immediately shut down the theory that it escaped from the lab, because I believe that is what happened. And, you know, he's also not wrong. There were some emails from Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, and Zuckerberg was basically like, you know, what do you need? But that was very influential Tucker Carlson is exactly right because that shut down any discussion. If you posted things about COVID and how it started and that it, you know, started and escaped from a Wuhan lab, that that was, you know, you got in trouble with social media for that. So there's there's a lot of blame to go around on this. But that is another example to me that President Trump was not wrong. He was right on a lot of things. Uh, People are hesitant to say that, as John Carl of ABC did the other day, but he was right about a lot of things. Now, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's 120. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the show, now listen, you're out and about, whether it's today or tomorrow or Saturday, I am asking, pop in and see our friend Marie. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. You can call her at 305-3585. What a wonderful store. I'll bet you've driven past this many times. They're right at the corner of Martin Street and Menden Road. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. The old white church. See the blue flag right there. Pop in. And Marie is so knowledgeable. And you get to shop local. 
and support a local retailer. <clears throat> right there, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akaiberry, the antioxidant, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, and It's My Health, 1099, Menden Road and Cumberland, hemp and CBD products, oral and topical use. You know, she also has some very nice natural skincare, hair care products, essential oils, body oils, soaps. It's my health and over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices purchased by the ounce books box herbs and teas it's my health because it's your health and also yoga classes tai chi uh reflexology massage therapy and a lot more it's all about staying healthy and maybe you want to enjoy a nice uh, iced tea she has a big selection my goodness of different teas and and the thing i love about marie is she's so knowledgeable and maybe you have some aches and pains you know the hemp and cbd products those are huge and it's only going to get bigger hearing that ben and jerry's may start putting some cbd uh into their ice cream from what i understand i believe so but anyhow stop it and see her it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland when i mentioned Jonathan Carl of ABC News and the fact that he was saying, you know, in hindsight, um, President Trump was right on a lot of things. Dr. Fauci is definitely um, under fire right now. I mean, that part cannot be disputed. And I, I, I don't it's just. And how about the fact that BuzzFeed even asked for this? This is where uh, John Carl of ABC News was saying, you know, when. In uh, in hindsight, President Trump, there were some things that he that that he said that I guess they were true. People have egg on their face. This was an idea uh, that was first put forward by Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State Donald Trump, and. Look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. And there was, because Trump was saying so much else that was just out of control and because he was, uh, you know, making a, a, a frankly racist appeal talking about Kung Flu and, and the China virus, his notion that, that, that put forward that this may have, or that he said flatly that this, this came from that lab, was widely dismissed. But actually... There's some real reason. We don't know, by the way. We still don't know. We absolutely don't know. Uh, but now serious people are saying it needs a serious inquiry. You know, the fact that some people from the lab ended up having to be treated back in November is a pretty good example of it. Um, you know, that's another example to me also that there it's all about the way he said it. Right. What's not that he was wrong. It was just the way that he said it. And now, you know, they're going to ask the White House about those Fauci emails. Now, I opted not to carry and attend the uh, the Governor McKee press briefing today. So um, we have the, um, let's see, the work, just some headlines. They're going to close down the mass vaccination sites. Governor McKee said 93% of Rhode Islanders 65 years and older have been vaccinated. So that's a good number. Um, Again, folks, to me, if you want to get vaccinated, it's out there. Governor McKee has said, I'm taking more of a role in Providence and beyond in the school's expectation of in-person learning in the fall. I mean, think, but just think what a disgrace that is. That they're not guaranteeing that there will be in-person learning in the schools in Providence in the, in the fall. I can only talk about it for so much. Governor McKee expands on announcement uh, on Tuesday that masks are no longer required outdoors, even for people unvaccinated. Masks are not required for outdoor school graduations and proms. Dr. Scott, now is the time. Take advantage of getting vaccinated. As I said, percent positive Rhode Island is under 1% and been in single digits for more than a week. Children ages 12 and older should get their first vaccine dose by July 4th at the latest if they want to be full vaccinated by the start of school. Folks, now I here's something that I believe that in the fall you're going to see an uptick. But it's now going to be something that Rhode Island, in, and by the way, the entire country, in Mass, in Connecticut, and everywhere else, is just going to deal with. 
Uh, Seven-day average of new COVID cases lower than any point last summer. Bottomed out of 41 cases a day, early June, early July, low 30s now. So it is certainly, but listen to the saying, this doesn't mean the pandemic is over. (laughs) As I said, uh, those that want to get vaccinated can now get vaccinated. All right, let's listen. This is the uh, White House press secretary. And she is addressing the situation about the Dr. Fauci emails. This is a problem for the Biden administration. By the way. This is a, here we go. Free ARP COVID funding. And then um, going to the emails of Dr. Fauci, um, there was an exchange between um, Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci referencing um, a Fox News report uh, discussing uh, basically a lab leak as a, um, a conspiracy. Collins denied, you know, jumping to conclusions, and um, he asserted that his mention of conspiracies was referring to the thought, the rumor that uh, the virus was engineered, bioengineered as a weapon. Um, is that the position of the administration and their top health experts that this was not engineered, uh, or is that still an open question and part of this review? Well, I think we've spoken to this pretty extensively from here. Let me just say on Dr. Fauci and his emails, he's also spoken to this many, many times over the last, over the course of the last few days, and we'll let him speak for himself. Um, and he's been an undeniable asset in our country's pandemic response, but it's Obviously not that advantageous for me to relitigate the substance of emails from 17 months ago. Uh, we've launched, uh, based on the president's direction, uh, an entire uh, internal review process uh, to uh, use all the resources across government to get to the bottom of the origins. Uh, and that's a 100-day process, and we'll look forward to providing more on that. Uh, that is Jen Psaki, who is the White House press secretary. Um, I think, folks, the, the biggest problem I think that comes in is going to be about the role of China and whether or not that escaped the lab. Um, I, I think that's, I think that is the biggest problem. And also, I, I don't, I don't understand why he was corresponding with them saying, you know, we'll get through this together. But what are you talking about? Why, why are we? What do you mean we're going to get through it together with with with, with China? Um, it's that they, they weren't even cooperating. They they lied about it. I, I think it, it 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 did in fact um, it did come out of a lab. I mean, I think it came out of the lab. So, by the way, I also want to touch on. I know the attorney general was on the radio station this morning, and I. I respect uh, Attorney General Pino Nerona. I Someone sent me an email. I didn't hear it that he commented about the arson situation. But I, I'm telling you, I and I want to be very clear about this at 129. I don't know who said it. But that fire was set. That fire was set. Um, this business that... We're supposed to think, and I'm talking about the law firm of House Speaker Joe Sakachi. I know that some people are uncomfortable because I have been talking about it, pointing out inconsistencies. But I, 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 I am telling you that there's no way that that just, it's like you have to believe that it's like the office just, a law office just combusted. Um, I, I don't, um, it just doesn't happen. There's no reasonable explanation. I, I was there the next morning. I have the footage. If you've seen the photos, a woman heard an explosion. The reason it looked that way is someone set off an explosive device and I think there were accelerants and there was a fire. That's what I think happened. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Why? And and by the way, the conclusion of the investigation was that they couldn't determine the cause of the fire. But 
What is so odd is the fire marshal said that when he arrived on scene the day of the fire. So, from what I understand, again, now I'm also not convinced that the attorney general's office would be involved with something like that. I because I think arson would be more of a federal crime, could be involved. Um, I think the, now the insurance companies will most likely have to be leading this, the charge on this. But it's just how is it they can't determine the cause? They brought in a canine. They really didn't bring the canine into the center of where the fire went off. Just went around the to the outskirts. So I, I um I am staying put on that. No, I'm telling you that that was because it, it just doesn't happen in this day and age. Thank God, by the way, with things that are non-flammable, and I I just refuse to believe. That somehow, out of nowhere, the most powerful person in Rhode Island and the fire started on the side of the building where there are no cameras. And there is an eyewitness that heard an explosion. And people just want to say, yeah, isn't that amazing? It just, it just started. Yeah, no, it's not amazing. I think there is a reasonable explanation to it. Someone set that fire. I don't know who set it. I don't. And the fact that someone posted something online claiming responsibility for it. I'm hearing that they think that that's someone who's trying to throw off the the trail and trying to point blame at someone for that. That they're questioning whether or not, not that's legitimate. But I'm telling you right now, on this Thursday, June 3rd, that somebody set that fire. Now, folks, I want to remind you about our friends at Competition Shooting Supplies, Firearms, Ammunition, Accessories. Stop in and see our leader. John Francis, 727-1716 is the phone number. He has competition shooting supplies. They have a great website. They have a great uh, Facebook page. And he updates it with new inventory that he has. The website is competitionshootingsupplies.com. Easy to get to. Last exit off of 95 North. You go past the Attleboro train station. And then you'll pull right up to the intersection of Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. Competition shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket, and if you have some firearms that you want to sell, they will buy them from you, or you could sell them there in consignment. He's my gun guy. Stop it and see him. John Francis. I know you have some different options for firearms and ammunition accessories, but I'm asking you and requesting you shop at Competition Shooting Supplies. Now, AOC speaking out. Extraordinary high number of people responsible for hate crimes, suffering from severe mental health, complete gutting of support in our mental health system, correlation, homelessness, homelessness, and incidents of hate crime. Let's hear this is uh, Representative AOC. Um, Rather, with respect, uh, these blaming of bail reform is not evidence-based. There's no facts, data to back it up. What we have here is an actual clinical approach with facts and evidence to back it up. And so while we can say, oh, it might be bail reform, oh, it might be this. First of all, in the area of crime, it is rife with this issue of correlation and causation. And um, people will often say that it's one thing and not another. But it needs to have actual data to back it up. And one of the things that you mentioned when you talk about uh, hate crimes. One of the things that we've seen in the results in the resulting data of hate crimes is that an extraordinarily high number of people who are responsible for hate crimes are suffering from severe mental health issues. And our complete gutting of support in our mental health system both in the city and across the country is absolutely correlated with both homelessness and oh, incidents. Here we of go, crime. not their fault. We actually open the door to a jail and look at who's inside. An enormous amount of people are dealing with untreated mental health issues. And it is not acceptable for us to use jails as garbage garbage dispo- garbage uh, uh, bins for human beings. We need to treat people and feed them as And so it is not a place for us to throw people for whom we don't want to invest in the actual holistic issues of their lives. If we want to reduce violent crime, if we want to reduce the number of people in our jails, 
The answer is to stop building more of them. The answer is to make sure that we actually build more hospitals. We pay organizers. We get people mental health care and overall health care, employment, etc. It's to support communities, not throw them away. You know, these are the same people, by the way. That is uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Folks, it's 136. It's John DePietro. But these are the same people that they have no problem with people that are involved with heavy drug use. They have no problem with people sleeping on the streets that choose not to work, um, that make certain decisions. They have no problem with not having effective schools. They don't. This is becoming, do you see, like we're heading into this, this atmosphere that everybody is a victim. Anyone that does something wrong, there's, there's just no accountability in the system anymore. None. Um, I, I just, um, I'm also saying, you know, this, this situation that both the president and in this case, Governor McKee, as I've said, look at how things are now going to be penalized as far as beaches may close due to lack of lifeguards. If you pay people not to work, they're not going to work. If you pay people not to work, they're not going to work. And so now the jobs that a lot of people would take, such as a summer lifeguard, no more. They can't find people to do it. They can't find people to do it. So then, as a result of that, you now have a situation that then a lot of things that people like to enjoy suffer. People, you go out to get some ice cream late at night. They're closed. They're not making money. Why? Because they don't have enough help to stay open. You know, small business owners, they can't be open seven days a week. Um. It's just, these are the unintended consequences. And by the way, this isn't everywhere. This isn't everywhere where this is going on. But I know that that certain people in the government are basically saying, we're going to let people have the summer off. We're going to pay them to stay at home. But in the fall, they're going to have to go back. I, I am saying right now, on this Thursday, June 3rd, you watch... There's going to be more excuses. There's going to be more people saying, you know, it's still not right to send people back into the workforce. You watch. And as far as the next, the people, you know what the big question is going to be? When's the next government bailout? That's going to be the next one. When's the next government bailout? When is more money coming? You start to remove people from the workforce. It's going to be difficult for them to get back in the workforce. Right now it's 139. Think of the summer jobs you did. It's very useful for young people. You you get a job in the summertime. You are paid for a day's pay. It may not be your career. It may not be a great job, but you get paid. For your time. Your time is valuable. And you get paid for a day's work. Whether it's working in a restaurant or working in retail. I used to work at an IGA. I That was the job you had for your age and experience. When you eliminate that, you're taking a lot of these people out of the system. And to think they're automatically going to go back... <laughs> I, it's not going to happen. Now, as many of you know, I do Facebook when there's different um, live things happening. And one of the things I did was I went down actually to Newport yesterday. And this horrible stabbing with this 22-year-old kid from Little Compton. It's in URI. He uh, was invited to a party. And a big thing that people do now is they, they, they rent an Airbnb for the weekend, and that's where they have the party. And these two guys, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 
decide to crash the party. Who knows? Maybe there's some people smoking outside. Maybe someone inside texted. Maybe, who? I don't know. But they showed up. And you have this 22-year-old kid from URI, and he's at this house party. It's not that late. People saying late night house party. I think it was like 1230. That's not that late. It's not 3 a.m. And so somebody goes up and there's a couple of guys and they say, hey, whoa, 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 private party. Well, the two guys that came in, 18-year-old Tyrese Polson and 19-year-old Jamal Reed, one of them's from the DR. They, uh, they didn't like the fact they were being told to leave the party after they were crashing it. So they had a different idea of how this was going to go down. So instead of them just saying, oh, okay, nope, no, it didn't go down that way. One of them allegedly took out a knife and he stabbed this kid from URI once in the neck and then twice in the chest. And he hit the jugular vein. And then first they brought him to Newport Hospital. Then they were trying to transfer him to Rhode Island Hospital. And on the ride to Rhode Island Hospital, he lost consciousness again. They were able to bring him back. But without, I mean, it's sad. He had no oxygen to the brain. And then the family had to take him off life support. So after this afternoon... He is going to be, these two guys are going to be, um, and I have their photos on the website. Those are mug shots. So they've been in trouble before. Uh, one of them was known for, he was at a party. He was carrying a handgun. He was out on bail for handgun possession. 18 years old, known to be carrying a gun, both known to police, different types of crimes. But what I, what I want to... The reason I'm mentioning this is it's just, folks, if you, and again, good afternoon, it's 143, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM, and many people listen online at the website, dipietro.com. But just hear me out. If you have children, grandchildren, if you're around that age, younger brother, nephew, whoever, you have to warn them. I mean, we, we have just headed into uh, things are getting more dangerous. Do you notice that? Things are getting more dangerous. Like that was somehow these, two, how did these two guys end up there? And they're told, hey, private party, you guys are crashing this party. I don't know how it started. Um, sometimes, sometimes people like out in front smoking in front of a place and then, you know, they're walking by. I don't know all the, and then maybe, I don't know if there's a female involved. And then they figured, hey, let's follow her in or what the deal was. But you're 18 years old. It's 1230. Sunday morning, Saturday night started Sunday morning, Memorial Day weekend. It was all raining like hell. You decide to crash a party in Newport. Could be anywhere. And someone or a couple of guys say, hey, whoa, 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 private party. Sorry, guys, you're out. And your solution is you take out a, net, a knife and stab one of them in the neck. Actually, another one was stabbed, but he wasn't as stabbed as badly and was in the hospital, I think, released from the hospital. My point is, look at how this went from should have been a disagreement to murder. And I'm telling you, you need to warn. If you have children in college or high school... I mean, this kid, he didn't know them. He was just there. Maybe somebody else was doing the talking and he was close. I, I, we don't know all the details yet. But this thing went zero to 60 in like two seconds. From why don't you make me leave to no, I'm not leaving to boom, takes out a knife, stabs him in the neck and then stabs him in the chest and kills him. What is he going to say? No, I didn't mean to. What do you mean he didn't mean to kill him? Like there is something wrong going on. Now, this guy's from the DR, Dominican Republic. It's a rainy. What a terrible weekend it was. Ah, this past weekend. And here you have this guy, 22 years old. He's a senior URI. He's with some people. I guess they worked on a fishing boat. 
They're just drinking like an Airbnb that somebody rented. Not in a bad area at all, by the way. Lower Thames, kind of in the middle of uh, Lower Thames. And it turns into that. Like, you don't know who you're dealing with. I, I would often tell people and even my, you know, I, I've never understood like the people that somebody weaves into their lane accidentally or cuts them off and boom. I mean, you get the people. They're like coming through the window of the car, table for one salute, screaming. I mean, you, you, you never know who is in that car and how that person may react. So, you know, but you're, you're 18 years old. You've already have a record. The police already have your mugshot. They, they got him for having a, he dropped, the police showed up at a party in Middletown and this kid dropped a gun. It was like a ghost gun. And then he used a credit card to buy gun, gun parts. Tyrese Polson. 18, what are we supposed to do with him now? Like all these people, think of like Mayor Alorza talking about the shooting. This and then they were saying, well, that's because of bad water. And that's because of what what's his excuse now? What's where, where did society go wrong with this person from the Dominican Republic? Who, when being tossed out of a party that he crashed, his solution was to take out a knife, not punch. He didn't punch him. He didn't kick him. He didn't break a window. Was to take out, didn't take out the gun if he had one to threaten him. Like, I will blow your head. Nothing like that. His solution was take out a knife and kill the guy on the spot. Oh, my God. But my point is, let's see, what are the excuses now? Now what? Where did society fail him? Grows up in the Newport Middletown area, which, by the way, it's much poorer than people realize. Much poorer than people realize. Newport is the haves and the have-nots. Newport's is the ha- Newport is like the east side of pride. I mean, it's the ultimate haves and the have-nots. There's obviously very wealthy in Newport, but then there's very, very poor. So how does it turn to that? Weird. How is this? How is this society's fault? How many years is he going to get now? I I don't know if there's video of this. We'll see about the witnesses. I don't know if they were able to get the weapon. A lot of unknowns with this story. Not a layup, unless the police have more and they're just not saying. But what's that going to be? Fifteen to twenty paroled. Fight breaks out. Maybe says he hit him. Maybe thought he was threatened. Didn't mean to kill him. Plea bargain, no trial. 15 years. I mean, that's what it really becomes. By the way, no protests. No protests for the 22-year-old white kid from URI. That's for sure. No protests for him. Folks, right now at 149. <coughs> Excuse me. Good afternoon. It's 149. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, listen, I want to remind you, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body. Did someone damage your vehicle? Small dent to a nearly totaled vehicle. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today. 272-3340. 272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body. The original, the best. Think of that. Since 1927, you can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Give them a call. 272-3340. Now, listen, if you're in an accident, it certainly, you know, it rattles you. A lot of people go into shock. You want to make sure you have your license. You want to make sure you have your registration. You want to calmly get the information from the other person. You want to call the police, fill out a police report. If if you can't drive your vehicle away because it's so badly damaged, when the tow truck shows up, tell them, bring the vehicle to West Fountain Auto Body. 272-3340, 272-3340. Or if you can drive your vehicle, then call them and then bring it over to them. 
West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. They do it right. They do it right the first time. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Yes, you can use my name. Someone said, well, can I mention John? Yes, say John DePietro. Say, Kenny, John DePietro said you should fix my car. He'll fix it. They'll do it better than anyone. And here's the thing, by the way. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Well, folks, it's 151. It is Thursday. Now, as I mentioned, uh, I think it is good that um, I'm seeing right now no time set for lifting of the state emergency order. <laughs> the state is still in an emergency. I don't I, I don't understand. Why are we still in an emergency? It doesn't make any sense. Pennsylvania Republicans call for Arizona-style election audit. Folks, you're going to be hearing more people, more people calling for this. Um, Don't hold your breath locally. Don't hold your breath locally, that's for sure. But let me just get back to the, the fact of the matter is the pandemic is, you know, is basically, I, I, here's my, what I'm going to say. It's really going to drop down for the summer. And then there'll be an uptick in the fall. People can get vaccinated. I don't agree with this whole thing of, you know, you get cash, Super Bowl tickets. Like, what is this? There's a vaccine. If you want, go and get the vaccine. You don't have to. I really don't understand. Krantz and Sakanas at Vaccination Clinic will remain open into the fall. I um, I don't understand all these provisions of if someone decides not to get the vaccine. Um, I, I I don't uh, I don't understand what all this talk is about. Of and and them trying to say, well, it doesn't mean the pandemic's over. You know, it's pretty close. What we've heard loud and clear in Rhode Island is they don't need to be paid. Whether vaccine incentives should be offered, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. Again, I, I think this is dangerous territory where everything has to be incentivized. Everything has to be incentive. We need people to go back to work. We need to give them a bonus. We need to pay them to go back to work. We need to pay them. We're going to have to give the teachers an incentive to go to go back into the classroom. I mean, we, where is this? Um. I, I just, I, I really don't like that. And I think we start to get into dangerous territory when everything has to be the incentive. Uh, folks, under the headline of a fool and his money is soon parted, an Italian artist has just sold an invisible, invisible sculpture for $18,000. It's an invisible Sculpture for eighteen thousand. He's an Italian artist. It exists, but it's just not a material form. It is actually more like a vacuum. Vacuum, nothing more than a space full of energy. Even when we empty it, there's nothing left. The energy is condensed, transforms into particles. The sculpture is intended to be displayed in a five foot five square. Must be displayed in a private space free from obstructions where lighting and climate are not required. Reiterating that even if you can't see it, it does exist. And there's a certificate. Someone so someone bought this. It is some outline on the floor. You know, I may start doing some of these, as a matter of fact. Invisible sculpture. There are some markings on the floor. And there's nothing there, but they say that it exists. And so the sculpture installed front there, white square filled, Buddha is contemplation. So all you see is like the white structure base of that would hold something. And that's the only thing that's there. And then you imagine that that's a sculpture there. 
So the sculpture is the power of the imagination. You envision what it looks like. Someone paid 18000 for an invisible sculpture. Hey, they laughed at Perrier. Perrier's parents were all over him. Folks, and again, good afternoon. It's one fifty-six. It's John DePietro. I've told this story. Perrier growing up, parents were all over him to get a job. He said, listen, I, I have a job. And they said, well, really? Yeah. Well, what, what, what is the job? I'm going to sell something. Oh, what are you going to sell? Water. Perrier's parents said, listen, no one is going to pay for water. He said, we'll see about that. I'm going to sell water. <laughs> Who's laughing now? You know how much money he made? Think of that. His parents laughed at the thought he was going to sell water. No one's laughing now. Perrier made millions. I want to remind you about our friend at Bethel Softwash. Now, with all the rain we've had, and it's kind of a muggy week, you get the moss, mildew, dreaded green stuff, Bethel certified softwash. You can text Jared for a free estimate, 401 617 401-617-2585. Bethel certified softwash. Listen, they'll get rid of it. The before and afters, look for him on Facebook. The website, he has a great website, Rhode Island Softwashing.com. Rhode Island Softwashing.com. Bethel certified softwash. Contact him today. Whether it's an industrial building, restaurant, home, roof, deck, patio, walkway, Bethel, B-E-T-H-L, Bethel, Softwash. Text Jared, 617-2585, 401-617-2585. Free same-day text estimate, by the way. You take a photo. Jared, here's my basketball court. Here's the side of the house. Here's the whatever it is. Boom. Take a picture. Text it to him. 401-617-2585, and boom, he gets you a free same-day text estimate. You can visit his website, RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. It's Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, Bethel Certified Softwash. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Here I am. It is Juan on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. I want to remind you now, the next couple of days, it's going to be a beautiful weekend. Why not swing by Red Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Great service. Also great on Facebook. Stop in and see them right off of Route 4. Stop in and say hello to PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. And great service indeed. I think it should be very encouraging that the pandemic is coming to an end. As far as President Trump, I, I think it's a process. He is does have a page back on Instagram. He does have a page back on Facebook. He's not back all the way, but it's starting. And I think over the next several weeks and months, folks, things are going to change. People are asking questions. No one feels good about what went down with the election. We need questions answered. You have not. I am telling you right now two things. Number one, that was arson in Warwick. And number two, that you have not seen the last of President Trump. Hey, if you want to support the show, you do go to the website, petro.com And then you go under where it says shop. It's right at the top. We have some great, great merchandise. All right. In the meantime. Stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then the John Dion program is next. I'm back tomorrow at 11, right here on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Enjoy your Thursday.